Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We thank God. We thank God for every little thing. We thank God for every big thing. That's showing genuine interest in giving God the glory. Those are simple examples. But you know what? We often miss the opportunity, right? We often miss the, op- the opportunity to, to give some genuine interest to the Lord. The letter R for the acronym GRACE stands for rejoicing in truth. Rejoicing in truth. Whether truth hurts or not, you rejoice in it. You people are listening over here, but these people right here, they lost me on that one. Truth, whether it hurts or not, should be a subject of our rejoicing. Because the Bible says the truth sets us free. Jesus himself said that. Okay? Rejoice in truth. We receive it joyfully. You know, we can save a lot of marriages and close down these divorce courts if people accept the truth with joy. Did you know that? The number one reason for divorce in this country is not that dreaded irreconcilable differences. That's what you always see. Somebody gets divorced, you know, it's irreconcilable differences. No, you divorce because the joy is gone. That theologian B.B. King was right. The thrill is gone. And you split. Why? It boils down to the fact that we don't want to face the truth about ourselves. You know? We just don't. Because we're still in this flesh that's perishing. One day, as Christians, we're going to get a new body that's not corrupted anymore. But until then, we need to watch out that we crucify this flesh. Otherwise, we're going to go from relationship to relationship to relationship. When the joy is gone, guess what? The marriage is over and we mock the institution. We mock it. Shouldn't be that way. A Christian rejoices in truth. Whether it hurts or not, we accept the truth with joy. We don't praise God by virtue of the ideal things that we envision will happen to us in our situation. Now, I'm an optimist. I I, I think positively. I'd like things to work out well. But listen, don't just praise God because of the possibilities that you want. You can praise God even when the situation is impossible. You can praise God even though, oh, this is an impossible situation. You can still praise God because God doesn't ever, ever waste a hurt. You might think you're being hurt. But when you rejoice in the fact that God can still see you through through all of these things, He will replace your mourning, the Bible says, with dancing, with rejoicing. So we don't praise God just because of the possibilities. We praise God because of the impossibilities. We just don't praise God because of what we want to see or, 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 done, or, or things done the way we want them to be. We praise God, period. We praise the Lord, Period. That's the end of the story. We just praise God. Well, I'm being a hypocrite, Pastor. You know, I'm going through some tough, tough times. How do you expect me to praise God when I'm going through this difficult time? Well, don't say that to me. Say that to God. God, I'm going through this, so I, I will not praise you. 
for a while. Just, just stick around, God. When you make things better for me, then I'll praise you. Doesn't that, that sounds ridiculous, but we do that all the time. The letter A in the acronym GRACE stands for acknowledging their limits. True praises comes from the fact that we're honest about our limitations. We don't portray ourselves more than who we really are. We have no delusions of grandeur. The most comfortable place that we are in is, the, is in the honest evaluation of ourselves. We don't offer praises to God on the basis just, uh, 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 again, of the possibilities of what we can do, but on the basis of our limitation. God is most glorified when we praise Him in our weakness. That's in 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9, by the way. The, the, the people that, that, that God uses the most are people who are honest about their limitations. You, you know, we can't be all a gift from God for everyone, okay? We have limitations. We have weaknesses. You know, in our church, as small as our church is, we are different. Not only in our gifting, we are different in our personalities. We are different in our experiences. We are different in our abilities. We're different in our personalities. And yet God says, I can work with what you have as long as you understand who you are. I can work with that. I, I, can, make, I can expand your horizons. I can expand your influence, not because you are so heavily gifted, but because you're honest about who you are and what you can do. Listen, in the Bible, God allowed a donkey to speak. He can give you the wisdom to say the things that you need to say or deal with the things that you need to deal with in your life. The letter C stands for consistent commitment. There can be no honest relationship without consistent commitment. Ask those people who have been married for a long, long time and you will discover that they are consistently committed to their marriage. Consistency in pleasing God purifies our praise. So we need to be consistent. You know, we, we, we can't be fair-weathered praisers. Ah, things are going good today. I'm going to go to church. No. No, we need to praise God when things are not going our way. I remember a story in the book of Acts with Paul and Silas. They were preaching the gospel and they were arrested for doing it. They were proclaiming the gospel and they were arrested and they were imprisoned and in the middle of the night, the other prisoners heard them doing something. And what was it that they were doing? They're singing praises to God. They're singing. And those other prisoners that are listening over there, what the heck is wrong with these people? You are in jail, buddy. You have no right to praise God. And, and they were continuing to sing praises to God. And there was an earthquake. And that earthquake destroyed that jail. And in every, there's, there's that possibility that, that all the prisoners can escape and all of that. In fact, the guard was getting ready to kill himself, saying, you know, if I allow these people to escape, I might as well be dead. So he was getting ready to kill himself. And Paul says to him, don't hurt yourself. God has rescued us. God has rescued us. And what did they do? Did they muscularly move their way out of that jail? No. God responded to their praises. Listen to me, loved ones. Sometimes you're just going to have to praise your way out of your problems. Sometimes you're just going to have to praise your way out of your problems. Your bartender can't help you. 
Your, your, your siblings can't help you. Sometimes your situation is so impossible, even your pastor can't help you. Although you don't think that way. Oh, pastor has all the answers. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I get lost coming to church sometimes. How can I lead you to heaven? Sometimes we just need to praise our way. Okay? Now, final thing. The, the letter E in the acronym GRACE stands for expanding our influence. Our authentic praise of God are seen and heard by others through our actions. An honest person expands his or her influence on people and situation that they're around with. You know, when you, when you look at honest business people, they are more likely to be more influential than dishonest ones. An honest student advances more uh, than the ones that cheats. Uh, on their studies. Praising God is authentic when our confession is honest. Look at what Jesus said to the man who, whose son was possessed by an evil spirit. Uh, this, was, this was in the gospel uh, account of, um, of a man who, uh, whose son was demon-possessed. He says, so they bought him, the man, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming in the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? The father answered, From childhood. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, the man said, Take pity on us and help us. Verse 23, If you can, said Jesus, Everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. The father of that demon-possessed boy asked the question, Jesus, if you can, you can heal my son. Sounds to me like this man has plenty of doubts. His favorite word is if. Looks like he needs a little more faith. If our confidence in God is low, praise is not real. So Jesus answered the father, this, the, the, the man's father, with the same question. If you can have faith, if you can overcome your unbelief, then I am willing. Sounds like Jesus was looking for a more honest confession from the man. If you're willing to believe that I can heal your son, then it will be done to you. So Jesus places a, a very heavy emphasis on the authenticity of our praises, of our confession. Secondly, our praises are real when there is a heartfelt conversion. A heartfelt conversion. Look at verse 21, the second part of that. Not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Unconverted people cannot praise God authentically. This goes along the lines of what Jesus was talking to about with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. When he says to Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We, 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 we cannot, unless we are 
born again. We, we are authentically converted. Our, our conversion is heartfelt. Our praises cannot be real. Unless there's a change of heart, our praises are in vain. Conversion happens in the heart of a person the moment he or she recognizes that God's grace enabled them to have their sins forgiven through faith in Jesus. How do you know? What about Jesus do we really need to confess wholeheartedly to be able to know that we're truly converted? Here it is. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God, equal with God, the, the second person of the triune God. He's every bit as God who came to live and died for our sin and rose again in three days. This Jesus has never ceased to be God at any point in the entirety of creation. He has always been God and he has always been with God the Father. Once we recognize that, we'll recognize the, the magnitude of what Jesus has to do in order to allow us to recognize that grace that God has given us. The moment you and I place our faith in, the fact, in that fact, there will be repentance of sin and a change of heart. Without a, a change of heart, because of a repentance from sin, there could be no real praise. Matthew 15, 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You see, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our need for salvation. Coming to faith in Jesus can be motivated by different things. Okay, it could be motivated by personal tragedy. You came to faith in Jesus because you are at a very difficult time in your life. There's nothing wrong with that. I've seen a lot of people come to faith in Jesus because of a difficult situation in their lives. That's legitimate. But you know what? That's not wholly what God is looking for. Some people come to, 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 to faith in Christ because of a, a personal uh, a, a sense of fear of death. You just don't want to go to hell. I call it fire insurance. So you, you come to Jesus because you don't want to burn in hell. That's legitimate too. Some people come to Jesus because they're afraid of, of death and they fear that, you know, whatever happens when they close their eyes, you know. And some people come to Jesus because of a sense of emptiness, the meaninglessness of life. These are legitimate ways that God uses to bring our attention to our need for salvation. But it's the Holy Spirit's conviction of our sin that will result in real conversion of the heart. Only when the heart is changed can real faith to praise God will happen. There's a story in the Bible again, in, in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 17. There were 10 lepers who were asking Jesus to heal them. There were 10 of them. They came to Jesus, and Jesus healed 10 of them. And then all 10 left, but only one came back. And Jesus says, I'm really good in math. I can number the stars in the heavens. I know how many stars there are. I can number the grains of sand on the beach. So I'm pretty good in math. Weren't there 10 people I healed? And yet only one came back, and it was a foreigner. 
What was the problem? Very simply, nine had circumstantial convictions. Only one had a heartfelt conversion. How do we know our conversion is heartfelt? And the praise is real. There is a real change in our heart. So I'm going to use very quickly the acronym CHANGE to see if our conversion is heartfelt. The letter C stands for a clear calling. When you are saved, when you get saved, when you are converted, there's a clear calling that you will hear in your heart. And that calling is a desire to serve Christ. So you need to search the heart. Do I really want to serve Christ? There is that element of a clear calling. Everyone here who calls on the name of the Lord, you are called to serve. The letter H stands for holiness. There is a real separation from sin and ungodliness. God is holy and He calls us to a holy life. A lot of people in this day and age says, God is love. Only the love of God matters. Uh, God is love, period. We hear people say all the time, you can love whom you want. You can love what you want because God is love. God is wants you to love, love, love. All you need is love, love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. There's just too little of. We want love, 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 love. Listen, God is love, but God is also holy and just. That's a problem. We cannot simply love because love can be sinful. Try to love another woman other than your wife, and it's real love, you say. (laughs) It's sinful love. And Jesus says, "You, you shall not... Commit that stuff. You know what? The the writing of John the Apostle, what is his main theme in his writing? Do not love the world or anything in the world. So if love is all there is, then it's okay to love the world. But it isn't. The Bible says there's love that could be very, very wrong. The letter A for change stands for attitude adjustment. You're truly converted when you learn how to adjust your attitude. Amen? Uh, Some of you need to not only repent. Some of us not only need to repent, but we need to make an adjustment in our attitude. There will be a real shift in the way we deal with life situation. The new person responds in a godly manner, no matter what. In Christ, before I became a, a mature believer, and I'd like to think I'm maturing, when somebody does me wrong, I responded differently. Respond in anger. But now, when somebody hurts me, I respond to them by giving them the F word. Forgiveness! <laughs> and I forgive you already for thinking what you're thinking. You respond with the F word because that's what the new heart gives you. All right? When someone tries to mistreat you, mistreat you rather, you give them the S word. Salvation in Christ. When someone challenges you as to why you believe in God, you tell them that you are full of BS. Bible study! That's what you tell them. (laughs) 
you know you change, right? Because I know, I've, I've known some of you before you were Christians. And your vocabulary is not Greek or Hebrew. It's, it's health dictionary is what you use, some of you people. But I've seen, I've seen that change. I praise God for that. Praise the Lord. The letter N for change stands for a new song, a new song. Psalm 149 says, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. His praises in the assembly of the saints. You have no choice when you are converted, when you are born again. You will sing praises to God. Well, pastor, I'm not gifted in singing. Yes, you are. Okay? You just don't have the gift. You have a gift, but not the gift. And I hear some of you sing. All right? Volunteer for ushering. Because you don't have the gift. You have a gift. But there's a song. You praise God through singing. What we did here is not a waste of time. Earlier today, what we sang, all of these things, it's not a waste of time because uh, singing connects our soul to the throne of God. The letter G for change stands for growth in grace. You are more understanding of people, more forgiving, more willing to carry another person's burden. That's a sign that you are truly born again. And finally, the letter E, you have a heart for people. You evangelize. You tell them. You give them your testimony. You simply to ha- have a desire to tell people about Jesus. And finally, the, the final uh, uh, authenticating uh, aspect of our praise to God is that we have a heavenly concentration. A heavenly concentration. Look at verses 22 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he or she who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. What's so evil about these people? That Jesus says, away from me, you evildoers. Didn't they prophesy? Didn't they perform miracles? Didn't they drive out demons? What's so evil about that? That that Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. They were motivated by something else. They were not authentic. They were fake. Everything we do as acts of praise must come from heaven or God-inspired. Authentic praise comes from heaven. How does that work, Pastor? It only works when you have heaven on your mind. It only works when you're thinking about heaven. Our praises are lacking sometimes because we think too much of the world. We think too much of what's going on in our world. We think too much about all the disasters, the problems. We think too much about these things. The Bible calls us to a heavenly mindset. Look at Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears... Then you will also appear with him in glory. That's our mindset. We focus on heaven. Yes, I'm not ashamed to say to you, I am so heavenly minded that sometimes I'm no earthly good. 
It's not because I don't want to serve God. It's not because I don't care about doing the things that, that is my responsibility to make sure that the, the, the righteousness of God is advanced and His kingdom flourishes. But my prayer every night is, come now, Lord Jesus. Paul says, it's better for me to depart and be with Christ, which is much better, but I only stay here for the benefit of the gospel, for the sake of people. That should be our mindset. You and I praise and worship God, not just because we want something from God, not because we are sick and in need of healing, not because we want to be blessed by God. We praise God because that's where we're going. When we praise God here, that's practice for heaven. So you sing your very best to the Lord when you come to church because you're going to be doing that for eternity. And if you don't practice here, over there, you're going to say, what, what, what am I supposed to sing now? What am I supposed to do here? Praises to God happens here because it's a rehearsal for what we're going to be doing in eternity in heaven. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.